The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com From the deepest, darkest creeps, to the backwoods swamp near the bottom, from the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for the Big Scary Show. Boils and Ghouls. This is David Howard Thornton, but you might know me as Art the Clown from the upcoming Terrifier 2 and the previous Terrifier movie. And you're listening to The Big Scary Show. <laughs> Hi, this is Rex Hamilton, world famous haunted house actor, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of. The Crypt Keeper. <laughs> and you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. <laughs> Greetings, mortal. I'm Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. And you are most indeed listening to The Big Scary Show! My name is Tyler Maine. I'm Michael Myers of Rob Zombie's Halloweens, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. You're listening to The Big Scary Show with three big scary men and one that wears more makeup than I do. Hi, everyone. It's Drew Badger. Welcome to Big Scary Show, episode 231, and it's cold. February just sucks. It's wintertime. It's a long way to Halloween. It's snowy, it's icy, it's rainy, it's windy, it's just wet and cold and miserable. But there's hope on the horizon because the Big Scary Show is here to warm you up with some of the hottest things going on in the haunt industry. Spring is around the corner, conventions will be there, and before you know it, it'll be summertime, and then finally, fall. So, The Big Scary Show will be here, as we are every single week, to bring you all the latest. Storm's going to be ranting about some hot topic going on, no doubt, in a hot minute. Meat Hook Jim will be traveling to a very warm place, Haiti of all places, between the corpses. wonder if he's going to talk about voodoo. Hmm. I'm going to be keeping you up to date with the hottest news in Deadline News. And the Hauntstrumentalist Jerry Vane's going to get that blood pumping with some tunes that will no doubt warm even the coldest soul out there. We bring back Veister, that's heartwarming news, and he's going to be talking about one of the coolest 
or should I say, hottest Stephen King stories and movies out there. And the Round Table of Terror, well, it's actually time for the haunt industry's hottest game show, The 13 Questions of Doom, with a very, very special guest contestant, one of the, dare I say, hottest horror actors out there, Mr. David Howard Thornton. He joins the rest of the co-hosts as Storm moderates the 13 Questions of Doom, and it is a wild ride. So buckle up and tune in for that. We've got all that, plus a whole lot more going on as we try to warm you up during this cold, cold time of year. So grab yourself a hot beverage, get into your favorite sofa or easy chair, wrap yourself up in that quilt, and let the big scary show warm you up. Enjoy the show. Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunted attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference Fright Find will make in your haunt listing. Audio Zombie. Rainbow flavored nightmares on the big scary shows.
Hello everyone, this is Drew Badger and this is Deadline News for episode 231. We're going to start out with some haunt news this time from the Grim Trails Haunted Attraction in Louisville, Kentucky. We'd like to share big news with a community that has shown us nothing but love during our eight years. We are expanding. During the 2020 season, it became apparent that we had outgrown our spooky spot on Railroad. Even with added parking teams and limits on ticket sales, we still ran out of parking, which frustrated many of you, and we heard from you. For 2021, we're happy to announce that we have an all-new location with multiple parking lots and room for more frights, more fun, and more fantastic fairy tales. You can find us at our new location at 13700 Poplar Lane this fall and for many Halloweens to come. Keep up with those updates on their Facebook page, facebook.com slash grimtrails. We have a little news from the Creep It Real OC Expo in Santa Ana, California. We're reaffirming our announcement that Creep It Real OC Expo 21 is happening on Sunday, September 12th at the Heritage Museum of Orange County. This beautiful outdoor facility, perfectly themed for Halloween, is located in the heart of Orange County in Santa Ana. There will be local home haunts previewing portions of their seasonal offerings, interactive photo locations, music, food, and lots of merch. We'd be delighted to have you exhibit with us. While we anticipate SoCal's health and safety situation to be in a significantly better place at that time, we are unable to predict what restrictions will still be in place for us. However, we're in discussions with the venue and are building safety into the planning as we were doing prior to needing to cancel our 2020 event. We look forward to working with you and partnering on ways we can make this an amazing event and kick off the return to normal Halloween season. We're available for any questions and are very much looking forward to Creeping It Real in 2021. Get more information at creepitrealoc.mystrikingly.com. We have a little film news, this time on a remake of the Blind Dead films via bloodydisgusting.com. Spanish filmmaker Armando de Osorio's Blind Dead films, Tomb of the Blind Dead, Return of the Blind Dead, The Ghost Galleon, and Night of the Seagulls, get the remake treatment with the brand new horror movie Curse of the Blind Dead this year, arriving next month. Uncorked Entertainment brings Curse of the Blind Dead to DVD and digital on March 2nd. In the 14th century, a group of Satan worshippers, the Knights Templar, are captured during a ritual and brutally murdered by the locals. Just before the execution, the Knights swear to return to haunt the village and the nearby forest. Centuries later, in a post-apocalyptic future, a man and his daughter try to survive against both the undead Knights and a sect commanded by a mad preacher. Raphael Piccio directed Curse of the Blind Dead, starring Aaron Selstra, Alice Zanini, Francesca Pellegrini, and Bill Hutchins. The original Blind Dead films were released between 1972 and 1975. And you'll find the trailer to The Curse of the Blind Dead on YouTube. We have an update to Days of the Dead coming to Chicago. It is with great pleasure that we announce the addition of actor Noah Hathaway to the guest roster for Days of the Dead Chicago, happening April 9th through the 11th at the Crown Plaza O'Hare. 
Noah Hathaway started his way to stardom in commercials, and in 1978 he landed the role of Boxy on the cult sci-fi show Battlestar Galactica. He played the role of Atreyu in The NeverEnding Story and the lead as Harry Potter Jr. in Troll. He taught advanced jazz and street dance in his late teens until an injury forced him to quit. Afterwards, he studied Muay Thai boxing and then fought as an amateur. Noah then stayed out of the limelight until 1992 for the drama To Die to Sleep. For tickets and more info, visit daysofthedead.com. We have some news on a new Pirates of the Caribbean vinyl toy from Funko. This comes to us via bloodydisgusting.com. Funko Virtual Con Spring 2021 takes place March 1st through March 5th. And as part of those reveals, an upcoming Pirates of the Caribbean vinyl toy has been previewed. The toy depicts Skeleton on Gold Pile from the classic Disney ride, part of Funko's Deluxe Disney Parks wave of pop collectibles. This limited edition toy even glows in the dark. ECCC slash Virtual Con Spring 2021 exclusives go on sale Wednesday, March 3rd. You can see a copy of this on bloodydisgusting.com. And finally, we have this news from the Frightmare Haunted Attraction in Chesapeake, Virginia. On March 13th, Frightmare transforms into a hellish version of St. Patrick's Day. You steal me gold, I'll steal your soul. This promises to be one demented St. Patty's Day event. You must be 18 or older with an adult, and the first 350 victims get in, so you better arrive early. But beware, your luck could run out. Tickets are $20, but save $5 if you're playing ca- if you're paying cash. Extreme upgrades are $5 extra. Do you have the guts? The doors open at 7. Get more information on their Facebook page, facebook.com slash experience frightmare. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Ohio haunted house owners, actors, and enthusiasts. Join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state, from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook. Greetings, listeners, listeners, and welcome. welcome. Watch out. Don't trip over that torso. torso. It's time time for Between between the the corpses. Corpses. Greetings, listeners. Meat Hook Jim here. And on this episode of Between the Corpses, we are going to the Caribbean island of Hispaniola and the country of Haiti. Believe it or not, Roman Catholicism is the most common religion in Haiti at almost 57%. 
Haitian afterlife beliefs depends on someone's religion and personal beliefs. Those who practice voodoo believe the souls go beneath the waters. Voodoo is a combination of Catholicism, other Christian denominations, African religions, and folk magic. Unlike other religions, it's discussed by word of mouth and doesn't have scriptures. The beliefs may vary depending on the region, but most voodoo practitioners believe the world is connected to the spirit world. After a death, family, friends, and neighbors do ritual wailing and praying. Usually, the oldest family members plan the funeral, and other family members may do a ritual last bath to show respect to the deceased. For a Haitian funeral, it's like an elaborate social event with several days of activities. Families come from out of town, and everyone gathers for meals, and men play dominoes. People prefer above-ground burial in a mausoleum to ground burial. Their burial monuments are often elaborately designed and more expensive. Haitians don't typically practice cremation and organ donations. Autopsies also aren't common, but those who practice voodoo sometimes opt for one to make sure the deceased isn't a zombie. After a Haitian funeral, there is a mourning period for seven to nine days. Like the funeral, it's a time for socialization and rituals to honor the deceased. Everyone gathers to pray, chant, eat, and drink. On the ninth day, there's a celebration similar to a funeral. Voodoo practitioners believe the soul is free from the body on the ninth day. Then, a year and one day later, they perform a ritual to send the soul to the spirit world with their ancestors. The soul goes into the body of a family member or friend and reincarnates 16 times before permanently staying in the spirit world. Haitians also celebrate Ancestry Day on January 2nd every year. It's a day for honoring your ancestors, those who died for their freedom or died during the past year. They celebrate by eating meals, having parades, and other celebrations to honor their ancestors. Well, there you go. There's a little bit about uh, funeral practices in Haiti. And quite frankly, I'm a bit surprised and didn't realize how connected all those religions were. We'll catch you on the next episode. See the top double thrill, double chill motion picture program of the year. Curse of the Werewolf in color. The harrowing story of the legendary half-man, half-wolf. His evil beast blood demanded he kill, kill, kill. Plus, the shadow of the cat. A shocking adventure into murder and psychotic fear. Two terrifying hits together. Don't miss them. Gathering of Darkness. Souls of Black. On the Big Scary Show.
want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror, then let dark imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Mm. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, normally during this part of the show, this would be the round table of terror here on the Big Scary Show, where we usually pick a very important topic in the industry, find some experts, and then spend the next hour or so talking about them. But this is a very special Big Scary Show, because once or twice a year, we frankly either have a guest cancel on us, or we run out of topic ideas, or... Some kind of glitch in the matrix. And that's when we turn it over to Storm for America's soon-to-be most favorite game show in the haunt industry, the 13 Questions of Doom. Now, before we get started, because Storm usually runs this, I do want to make a quick announcement. We have a very special and our very first special guest contestant with us tonight. Making his debut on the 13 Questions of Doom, he is an actor, a voice talent, and one of the scariest damn clowns in existence today, Mr. David Howard Thornton from his home in, I believe, Queens, New York. Mr. Howard Thornton, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Oh, we're fine. We're glad that you're not in art makeup tonight. That is oh, yeah. always, always a pleasure. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> so before I hand the show over to Storm, give us a quick update on Terrifier 2. What, what, what is the latest news and developments and when can we expect that to be released? Yeah, we're um, basically almost, I would say, in post-production now. I think we have, uh, we're done with a uh, principal photography at least. And so we're just doing a few pickups here or there. And Damien is um, pretty deep into uh, editing it right now. So we're hoping Excellent. to get it released out to everybody, probably um, hopefully late summer, fall, I would say this year, which is a good fall time. Would be a, fall would be a very good time to yeah. release Terrifier 2. Hmm. Wonder why. I wonder why. <laughs> 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 But thank you for that update, Mr. David Howard Thornton. And now we're going to turn the show over to the host of the 13 Questions of Doom. Take it away, Storm. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another round of the 13 Questions of Doom. And amazingly enough, this is actually round 13. Ooh. So just to let all our listeners at home and anybody else who's playing along at home know, we have our three contestants tonight, Meat Hook Jim, Badger, and the infamous David and he's waving, and we, we have Zoom, and it's yeah. <laughs> we, now we, again, our other uh, host uh, Jerry Vane would be joining us, but again, like most of the country and everything going on this week, because you know, 2021 just couldn't show up uh, 2020 enough. He's having technical <laughs> difficulties, so that's always fun. Uh, 
So we'll see if he joins us later. If not, we'll just give him his normal low scores. But uh, to get everybody familiar what we're doing, you know, we're doing the old McLaughlin group roundtable style. Well, I'll have 13 questions. I'll ask them. And in my own awful, awful sense of humor, I'll also determine the answers and the scores for them. So we're going to get this thing rolling. And, uh, you know, we're going to put Badger on the spot first because, oh. again, I don't watch many movies. What would and be the topic of this 13 questions of doom. Very good question back to the thing because I know you were asking for it, trying to find out what it was earlier. Uh-oh, wait a minute. Oh, do we have a special I, guest? I, I think we might have a fourth contestant coming in with perfect ah, timing. Timing! <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no video, so deal with it. That's all right, we'll <laughs> deal with it. That's Perf good. Perfect timing, sir. Absolutely perfect timing. We're just about to get rolling with the 13 questions of doom. Well, hopefully my internet doesn't drop out, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll give you points <laughs> yeah. either way. <laughs> points, so, for not points for not talking. <laughs> so this is perfect, Jerry. Uh, again, if you want to say uh, hi to David, he, he's on and, and, and we're going. Hello. Hey, Jerry. <laughs> but uh, I was just about to reveal the topic for this uh, round of 13 Questions of Doom, which is round 13. And that is, in honor of my new puppy, Astra, the cryptid hunting dog, uh, this round's topic is Halloween and horror pets. Oh. So we're going to put Badger on the spot first. Badger, what is mm -hmm. the full name of the cat from Pet Cemetery? Oh gosh, I have no clue because, as you said, I don't watch movies. So don't watch movies, don't read. How books. about cat? Get down off of there. Cat, get down <laughs> off of there. All right. Well, yeah, you're not getting points for that one, Jim. What about you? What is the full name of the cat from Pet Cemetery? Oh my gosh, I am drawing a blank. Um, I can't even remember the cat's name at all. All I can remember is the kid's name. Oh. See, Jerry might even be able to jump out on this one. Jerry, what about you? The full name of the cat from Pet Cemetery. You damn cat, go the away. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man, a, a stumper to begin with. Uh, David, what about you? Do you know the I, cat from Pet Cemetery? I, I'm going to say church. Why don't you fucking stay dead? Close. You know, I, I'm going to give you a half a point because you at least got church, which no one else got. The actual full name is Winston Churchill. Is the name Winston of the, Churchill, which oh. is a fantastic cat name. Yeah, <laughs> comes back with cigar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Jim. Question number two. We'll we'll kick this one off for you to start. What horror villain would have the best dog food? What horror villain would have the best dog food? Uh this game is so much more fun on Zoom because you can. It's it's like Jeopardy where they're thinking during the music. <laughs> you, you can actually see the reactions and, and, and as the gears are turning. Oh my! Um, the smoke coming out of Jim's ears. Uh, literally, uh, the horror villain dog food. Oh my gosh! Um, it's not coming from his ears. <laughs> <laughs> you know, off the top of my head, all I can only horror dog I can think of is Frankenweenie. Uh, well, 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 okay, but he wouldn't make his own dog food. This no, is a, no, any horror villain who's dog food. You know, if if you're going to see a horror villain just out there doing a commercial for dog food, who's it going to be? Um, uh, horror villain dog food. Um, I, I'm just gonna go with. Um, I don't know. God, okay. I'm gonna pass. I, I I'm drawing a blank. 
and there's no passing in the game. So no points for Jim this round. Jerry, what about you? What horror villain would have the best dog food? Oh, God. It would be Pinhead. Pinhead? Pinhead dog yeah. food? Pin, pin, pinheads, Cenobite, Hellhound for pu- for puppies from Purina. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a point for the full description there. That's fantastic. David, what about you? Who do you think, uh, what horror villain would have the best dog food? I would say Chop Top. He would, you know, be you know, he'd be using uh, the, the victims, you know, uh, chopping them up and everything, and he would just call it dog dog will hunt. <laughs> oh, interesting, interesting. He, he, we got somebody very close, but Badger, let's find out. Do you have the right answer? What horror villain would have the best dog food? Gosh, I'm I'm thinking, and I don't remember their names, but the farmer and his wife from the movie Hotel Hell. That used to take in the borders and then chop them up and grind them up into sausages and all that. Wasn't that Hotel Hell? It sounds a lot like also Set. like a Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Yeah. Again, meat pies. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. not too bad. We'll give you a point for that one. But David's actually getting two points because he had the right movie. I was thinking a different character because Leatherface's Chunky Kibble would be absolutely <laughs> fantastic oh. as a dog food, Ooh. but definitely had the right movie with the Chop Top character, yeah. which is fantastic. So, you know, getting those, getting those extra points, we're, we're going to go to my, one of my favorite questions of this round. Question number three. David, you get this one first. Okay. What's the most evil dog in any horror movie? Most evil dog in any horror movie. Oh, my God. Ah, that's a good question. I have to think there for a second. Um, I mean, if, I, I guess a lot of people would obviously say Cujo, but... I don't know. I'm like, I, I, I wouldn't even say it's a, a horror movie per se, but maybe zero for Nightmare Before Christmas because of like, Not you know, bad. he goes and fetches people's ribs. You know, imagine if <laughs> he, he, he is lovable enough to, to yeah. probably be along the slightly evil. You're, you're on a, yeah. you're on a good track and good thinking with that one. Uh, Badger, what about you? What would be the um, most evil horror movie dog uh, i just remember seeing the video in the grocery store in the checkout line for like five years because nobody would ever buy this thing it was a it was called zoltan hound of dracula <laughs> i don't know if it was an old hammer film or or what it just looked really awful and i think that's it, it, why nobody bought it I think it is from the 70s. That is something that came up in my research this afternoon. So we'll give you a point for that one. Not too bad. And again, you can't beat that name, Zoltan. Zoltan. I'm I'm guessing the full name was Zoltan Hound of Drac. I think that's the actual movie. (laughs) Jim, what about you? Uh, What is the most evil dog in horror movies? Vince Cortho from Ghostbusters. Not too bad. Not too bad. Um, he, he, he is there. No. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell, I'll, I'll give you one. I'll give you a point for that one. And I will let you know that, you know, we may not have forgotten about Vince and Zool when we think about other questions in tonight's game. So that's, that's a great answer. Just wrong question, but you still get <laughs> a point for that one. Jerry, what about you? Can you come up with the most evil dog in any horror movie? Oh, it's gotta be the hellhounds. Hellhounds, all right, not too bad. Some good yeah. answers by everyone. But From like know, uh, Omen? Yeah. Yeah. That was, I, I that. I'm sort of going, the movie, uh, what movie? It, it was Omen because I'm yeah. going, there was a movie back in the 70s that had Hellhounds mm-hmm. and Omen, yes. Yeah, I, I could see that, especially with the one that actually gave, you know, that was, gave birth to Damien as well. 
you know, that was in the grave. It was a skeleton of a dog. Mm-hmm. So points, like, oh. points all around, but not the correct answer. No, the correct answer. The most evil dog in any horror movie is, of course, Precious the Poodle. That's right. Buffalo Bill's dog from <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. That dog is evil because it's seen some shit, people. Yeah. And especially when it's looking down on the poor lady in the well. You know, to, to, well, it's, it's living with Ted Cruz now, too. So, you know, <laughs> it just changed its exactly. name to Snowflake. Yes. It is. This Damn. is not Snowflake. Disturbing picture, which is fantastic. Catch up on your current events, listeners, because that's actually a hilarious joke. So after three questions, we we got a real tight race here, but uh, David's actually starting to knock this one out of the park. He's just slightly leading. Badger and Jerry are tied in second place, and Jim's bringing up the rear. But we we know Jim usually you know will pull things out in the end, and Jim will give you fall flat. (laughs) Don't pull things out in the end. You know that that will sometimes get you arrested. You know for uh, (laughs) public indecency or something. Or or, or one of the things I'm dealing with with a puppy. I mean, you're pulling stuff out of his mouth or pulling stuff out of the end. There's just too many puns in this thing. I'm just oh look, alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) He's getting punished. The punniest quiz show on podcast, people. <laughs> How are Jim? you not playing the Punisher? Oh, uh, oh cut it out. <laughs> cut it out. Jim, you've you've lived in a lot of cold places, and, and you might know this one. And again, going with current <laughs> events, and, uh, again, <laughs> a, a great lead-in from the uh, Ted Cruz joke there. Jim? What advice could you give our listeners in in Texas to help keep their chupacabras warm? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, the, the the obvious answer would be to uh, just uh, send them all to uh, Ted Cruz's hotel in Cancun. That's that's not a bad one. I'm giving you a point <laughs> you with that. You took my that's answer. Not <laughs> I did not the same thing. We'll give David a break. Badger, what about you? What what advice would you give our listeners in Texas to keep their chupacabras warm? Oof, because Jim kind of took my answer too. Um, ooh, build a fence to keep them further south. I don't know. That's no, I don't like that answer. <laughs> Fencing um, in chupacabras. Let's see. How about cutting open the skin of a goat or the body of a goat or a cow and stuffing them inside like Luke Skywalker did with a tauntaun? Wow, God, I thought they smelled bad on, on the outside. That's disturbing. I'm just not giving any points. Well, you'd have snacks. Yeah, but they, they drink the blood and I, I don't know. Goats, I don't know how warm they are. And if a chupacabra would fit in a goat, that's a big ass goat. I mean, chupacabras are pretty big. David, what about you? What advice do you give to our listeners in Texas to keep their chupacabras warm? Buy them a coat. Ooh, not too bad. We'll give you a point. You're on the right direction. You're in the right direction. <laughs> this is disturbing how he's zeroed in on some of my answers. Jerry, what about you? How would you tell our friends in Texas to keep their chupacabras warm? Two minutes in the microwave? I don't know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like gremlins. Exactly. With, with the gremlins reference, we're giving you a point on that one. That's fantastic. <laughs> But uh, David was pretty close on that one. So points for Jim, Jerry, and David. The actual answer is, of course, to buy them a silver shamrock Halloween sweater. Ah. Yeah, obviously. No, we we won't. We can leave that to our (laughs) listeners or post-production. We'll throw that in there, too. All right. we're We're on question number five. 
Jerry, we'll throw this one at you first because you are the animal connoisseur from your days of raising tigers in Vegas to, you know, being published in newspapers for, you know, your rabbit rescues and all your wonderful animals now. Jerry, what animal could you never make a decent scary story or scary movie using? And listeners, if you go ahead and pause and go through some of the weird parts of like Amazon Prime, you can see that they've got <laughs> horror, scary movies for almost every animal out there, but not this one. Not, not the say, one I'm thinking I'd of. Let's say a pygmy puff from Harry Potter. A, pig, a pygmy <laughs> puff? A uh, Harry Potter one? All right. Well, not too bad. We'll, we'll, for, for going supernatural and Harry Potter, we'll give you a point. Badger, what about you? What, what animal could you never make a decent scary story or scary movie using? I would say Paramecium's. That just sounds like a scary movie. I know. Paramecium's. I, it yeah. sounds scary, but they can't. I mean, they're like amoebas. Yeah. Those little yeah. one-celled creatures you've, that look like a foot. And they just kind of like float around. And no, you, you've, you've obviously not watched enough sci-fi channel because, I mean, there's one movie and it had Christopher Lloyd and it had, you know, like Luke Fish or whatever, which are almost basically parodies. They had grown big and they were coming out of toilets and stuff. That was just disturbing. Uh, so, no, no points on that one. Jim, what about you? What, what animal could you never make a decent scary story or scary movie using? Sugar gliders. Sugar glide? I don't know. Those things, you know, I'm diabetic. Those things scare the living hell out of me. <laughs> you know, I, they, 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 they just jump at you and stuff and you got the big eyes and things. I, I don't know. Close, but I, I think somebody could come up with a killer sugar glider movie. Uh, <laughs> David, what about you? What, what animal do you think would never make a good, decent, scary movie or scary story? I'm trying to remember what they're called. I'm thinking it might be a wombat, but these are like the cutest little things where they always look like they're smiling. Oh, and the quokas. Like, what are they called? I think they're called a quoka. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, are, are they like the big furry rat things from South yeah. America? Yeah. But they're that's like. The capa, that's the capybara. That's a, that's a, it's a capybara. That's what okay. it is. Capybara, yeah. Not, cougab so not cougabara. Capybara. That's the difference. Yeah. All right. That's it's good. Because so cute. Uh, you know, Wombat, I wasn't going to give you any points because yeah. everything in Australia will try and kill you. Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely, absolutely everything. But Wombats in Australia, when they were having the brush fires, apparently they were, like, bringing other animals into their homes. And yeah, so that the other animals them. could kill the people first. And then <laughs> growing parties. They're trying to make gangs. Everything in Australia yeah. will try and kill you. Absolutely. And, and if you meet Australians, they're afraid of bears because they don't have those down there. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, the actual animal that you can never make a decent scary movie or scary story is, of course, a canary. Canaries can never be evil. They're such wonderful little birds. And they They'll pick your minor. fucking eyes out. No, <laughs> a canary would never pick your eyes out. But like, like, it, it, it could be used in a scary way because, you know, they always use them in caves when there's like... They're a, the heroes. They die first yes. to save the miners. They, they can't Hello, Tweety Bird. Exactly. Oh, there you go. Oh, there you go, Tweety. Wow. He's because yeah, Bird, this, come on. Look what he wow. did to Eddie Valiant. You know, Eddie Valiant's hanging there for you know, the, the, the right. The and, and then when he turns yeah, into no, the monster, no. Tweety Bird. Mm -hmm. Wow. Coming, coming soon from Sci-Fi. <clears throat> Jerry, <laughs> Jerry gets an extra point for blowing up my correct answer. That's oh, impressive. that was good. That's good awesome. job, Tweety. And I mean, you know that what makes me mad about Tweety? You know, for the longest time, they're always trying to make Tweety a girl, like a merchandise and stuff like that. They're always trying to make Tweety. I'm like, we no, tried that with Badger too, but hey, yeah. um, <laughs> we, we have pictures. It didn't work well. Yeah. Uh, 
I was like his first appearance. No, we, actually, like, we didn't have to. We, we didn't have to try to. He did it on his own. Oh, <laughs> poor. Yeah, man. never, ever, ever look up Princess Trainwreck on Facebook. Just, mm. just don't ever do it. I'm warning Is you. Is it like two girls, one cup? <laughs> no, no. Okay. no exactly. oh, um, about as disturbing though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll have nightmares long enough. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. God. That's an image a laser will not be able to erase from your head. <laughs> All right. We're at question number six. The last question be before our break. Hmm. Oh, oh, there we go. Uh, David, we'll throw question number six at you first. <clears throat> okay. Who, who are the most helpful pets in horror movie history? Most helpful pets in horror movie history? Oh, my God. Oh, I know. Jeez. <laughs> uh, um... God, definitely not church. No, not church. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not church. I, I, I would, I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden. Um, Jim, Jim's looking it up, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> on his phone. Uh, just to let you guys know, here's my phone, okay? There's nothing on the screen except for my whatever. Well, whatever the screen is, it's the same color as your background, so we just yeah. see our logo through it. Which My is phone is not being used. <laughs> but it's not like Google searches could ever help anybody in this game either. <laughs> kind of look like hentai to me, but you know, hey. I, I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> well, I'm gonna go and say Zero again from Nightmare Before Christmas because he he guided the sleigh and everything when they <clears throat> Jack needed him too because he had a little light on his nose. Interesting, not too bad, yeah. but he, he did guide it immediately into anti-aircraft fire. That's so, true, you know, true. I, I don't know if I <laughs> can give you points for that one. Jim, what about you? Who's the most helpful pet in horror movie history? A dog. Just dog? Just dog. Just uh, dog? Well, if you think about vampires, they have a daytime protector, and in some cases, it's a, a, some form of canine. Yeah, I, I, but but then you also have the thing. So no, dogs, mm. dogs, <laughs> dogs are not the most helpful pets. In, in and the community. dogs try to go and bury the thing. So yeah, uh, Jerry, <laughs> what about you? Can you name the most helpful pets in horror movie history? I have two actually. No, uh, and they could be considered <clears throat> pets because some people actually do consider one of them actual pets. I would say uh, the rats from Ben. They care because uh, they, they, you know, attacked the guy, ate all off all the flesh, all traces of, of, um, of the scene taken away. The other is the cockroaches in Damnation Alley. Mm. I'll, give you a, I'll give you half a point for those for creativity, especially come up with the rats because they're not, not yeah. something I'd normally think of. I'll see you Willard helpful. as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jim, what about you? Most helpful pets in horror movie history. I already answered, remember? Dog. Well, is it Badger I missed then? Yeah. My spreadsheet moved. Let me, <laughs> let me widen that so that doesn't happen again. All right, Badger, who are the most helpful pets in horror movie history? As as much as I want to say the ferrets from Beastmaster, I guess Ooh. you can't really consider that a horror movie. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Mogwise from Gremlins. Mogwise. Helpful? <clears throat> Gizmo well, they, they, they fought the gremlins the, themselves. He drove a car but... once, he, well, he, and, 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 and he was really bad at it, too. I, well, I when he also went all Rambo, come talk to me. So, yeah. well, you know, 
the, yeah, the, the, the Rambo thing. All right, we'll give Badger half a point, you know, the, the Rambo thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, the most helpful pets in all of horror movie history of are, of course, Cindy and Sandy, the dolphins from Jaws 3. <laughs> they, they actually took on two sharks, and you thought they're dead till the end when they come flipping out of the water and everyone's happy. Again, half the people in SeaWorld are dead. You know, Louis Gossip Jr. <laughs> eaten in half, the British guy, grenade in his mouth, crushed to death in a shark. But the dolphin lived, and everyone was happy at the end of Jaws 3. They're, I think they're more happy because the movie was over. Yeah, that, that too. You know, if you've sat through it, and it doesn't even age very well either. It it, it gets worse with age. Oh, no. But it was three like an overripe avocado <laughs> and awful three D effects. You know? Awful, awful. Oh, awful. The, the teeth coming, and it didn't even look like Jaws teeth. Is like, oh, we're trying and not very hard. <laughs> the three D that they did with Jaws and Back to the Future Two was better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> All right, Badger, why don't you take us into a break, uh, you know, and, and I'll give us the scores when we come back. But we're at the halfway point of the 13 questions of doom. Doom, doom, doom. Thank you, Storm. Once again, folks, this is the 13 questions of doom with your host, Storm. We have Meat Hook Jim, Jerry Vane, and very special guest contestant, Mr. David Howard Thornton, a.k.a. Art the Clown. We're going to take a very short break to play this very important message, and we will be right back. It's back. It's bigger. And it's better than ever. Transworld's Halloween and Attraction Show is back at the America Center in St. Louis, May 6th through the 9th. You've been waiting patiently for all the classes, seminars, special events, and of course that trade show floor filled with all your favorite and many brand new vendors. With wider aisles for social distancing, a mandatory mask requirement, and all COVID protocols in effect, as determined by the City of St. Louis and the State of Missouri, Transworld will be bigger, better, and safer for everyone. But what about the Christmas show? Transworld's Christmas show will be co-located with the Halloween and Attraction show, as well as the Room Escape Conference, catering to the Room Escape, Virtual Reality, and Adventure Game Industries. So what are you waiting for? Get to HAAShow.com and get registered today. HAAShow.com and we'll see you in St. Louis. And we're back to the 13 Questions of Doom here on the Big Scary Show with your host, Storm, our special guest, David Howard Thornton, Meat Hook, Jim, Jerry Vane, and myself. Take it away, Storm, for part two of this very, very intriguing game. Welcome back, listeners. We're going to do a quick little rundown of the score so far. We're halfway through the game, and you know the second half, the question point values could go up, and the difficulty of the questions, well, get worse because you know I had a tough time trying to figure out thirteen questions each time. So, uh, you know, bringing up the rear, Jim has two whole points, but again, he can pull it out. He's done that in the end. Uh, Badger has two and a half points showing off his wonderful movie knowledge. <laughs> Our special guest, David has five points and Jerry just sneaking in you know, <clears throat> with the technical difficulties, able to get in the game currently has five and a half points. And, you know, reminding us all that Tweety was disturbing and you could actually make a scary story with a canary has actually pulled him ahead in the lead. So Jerry, you're going to get question number seven first. Um, Jerry, what is the most difficult supernatural pet to clean up after? 
zero. <laughs> There's not I would bad. say zero. We'll, we'll give you a point for ghost poops, definitely. <laughs> uh, Jim, what about you? The most difficult supernatural pet to clean up after? This just isn't my day. Um, supernatural pet. Yeah. I'm going to say, no, that's not really a pet. Is anything really a pet in tonight's category? <laughs> right. <laughs> werewolves. Werewolf, werewolves Werewolves would be tough. T very tough to housebreak a werewolf. We'll give you a point for that one. Uh, David, what about you? What do you say is the most difficult supernatural pet to clean up after? I would say the Gozer dogs from Ghostbusters. Do you mean Zool? And yeah, the Zool, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because I'm and, like, can you imagine just the the massive the ugh. scat? How yeah, they parties? Uh, like, yeah, uh, just, yeah. God, God. I mean, you know, who just knows what would be in that stuff too? They'd probably have some kind of weird, you know, property. If, the, if, the, if you have a party going on, they come and hump your leg. Boy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Destroying refrigerators. Yeah. Interesting exactly. answer, Badger. Can you pull it out? Do you know what's the most difficult uh, supernatural pet to clean up after? I was going to say Cthulhu, but then I realized who the hell would keep him as a pet mm. or it. So I'm going to have to say the son of Godzilla or any kaiju. God, even dare I say, even dare I say Godzuki. Godzuki. I mean, technically, God, he kind of, is the son of Godzilla. Was a pet. And, yeah. Oh, there, was a, there was a movie called Son of Godzilla, yeah. which was not Godzuki. I don't even remember what they called him. Godzuki was that god awful cartoon. Yep. Well, he, he's he's like that. He's like that kid sleaze stack character with human eyes, and you know, would the, the brown sleaze stack. Well, no, he wasn't even a sleaze stack. He he was a, oh, it was a mini child Godzilla. No, child yeah. was in, no Chaka was Godzuki was in Godzilla, and would walk yes. around and could talk for some reason. Yeah. and he was like a shaved Barney, and <laughs> it's just absolutely yeah, horrible. I'm, I'm, giving, I'm giving you a point and a half for Godzuki <laughs> and Son of Godzilla because Godzuki it would be difficult to clean up, and he oh could never God. shoot the flame unless somebody stepped on his tail. Yeah, shoot little puffs. <laughs> Oh, God. Now I'm going to have nightmares. But the actual correct answer, David got it right. Zool and Vince Gartho, the uh, wow. Ghostbuster hounds, because Ooh. absolute mess. And, you know, you leave them around enough, you have flaming marshmallow man everywhere. I mean, yeah. <laughs> terrible, terrible cleanup after. I mean, you see what they do to eggs. Yeah. And they have they have no social distancing because they'd be right up in your crotch. None, oh. exactly. Yeah. Just ruin date crash night. your parties. Yep, I know. <laughs> No Dana, only Zool. Just never yeah. worked. You know, they, they, they very jealous. Jim, you're going to get question number eight first. Jim, what pets would you combine for Frankenstein's monster? See, I thought you'd like this one. Uh, I would combine a Rottweiler. Uh-huh. And... I'm going to go out on a limb on this one. I'm going to combine a Rottweiler and an octopus. Okay. You know what? I'm going to give you a point. Very interesting answer there. A uh, 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 Rottweiler and octopus. Uh, it's, it's, that's, that's different. Uh, Jerry, what about you? What, what two animals would you combine to give to Frankenstein's monster? I would say the head of a rabbit, the body of a chihuahua, and the legs 
of a chinchilla. So basically a jackalope. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Not too bad. I mean, again, another point for creativity. That's a good one. Uh, David, how about you? What, what, What pets would you combine for Frankenstein's monster? I'll actually use real pets from movies, and um, I'm going to use Cujo, um, Church, because he can come back from the dead. You have the ferociousness of, of Cujo as well, um, and Zero from um, from Nightmare for Christmas because you got the, the ghost like quality. So you can like you have this thing that can actually float through things, come back from the dead, and just has that ferociousness to it as well. You so. really love. Zero. It, it does. I do. I love that. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's like your backup but here's answer the thing, for everything. Though. He, it, all this ferociousness. He's a ghost. He's not solid. But he so could. he can't bite. He can't bite on you. Ghosts, Ghosts can do it. They can interact with solid objects. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they it, go through it. <laughs> no, not always. Not always. <laughs> well, at least give you half a point because he at least described evil cat dog. So that's that's yeah. impressive. Evil cat dog. That's just like ooh. Badger, what about you? What what pets would you combine to give the Frankenstein's monster? Oof. I, I was going to say Sharktopus. Really? Jim, Jim had already thrown in the octopus <laughs> but, thing. But but, but 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 that's not, you know, but that's an already existing one. And I thought but, that would be kind of funny. Yeah, it's on sci-fi channel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but why not? Okay, you, you, you got some better sharktopus. <laughs> Good answer. That's the yep. correct answer for sharktopus. Of course, you can't get a better great uh, combination of animals than the sharktopus. You know, the, again, something we were talking off the air to begin with merchandising. You know, sharktopus plushes are, are some that missed out. I I was so excited by that movie. You know, those little plastic uh, sea animal sets that you'd see. Mm-hmm. They'd have them with a the shark and an octopus. I grant you, remind you, I'm like in my 20s during this. I actually got one of those sets at like the supermarket. Cut the shark in half, cut the octopus in half, super glued them together so I could have my own sharktopus. What those was, things what are was fantastic. That? What was the movie that Virgil Franklin was going to do the score of? I think it might have Pir- been Piranaconda. 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 Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. That was you, you can't beat sci fi for their crazy. Oh There's God. one where they combined like a pterodactyl and an orca or something. No, no, they combined an orca and a werewolf. It was like wolf whale or something. It was, it wolf was, whale. I, <laughs> well, the best one had to be Mansquito. Mansqui- Mansquito oh, was actually I hear that not sucked. horrible. It, yeah. <laughs> It did. It wasn't horrible, but it did. <laughs> I'll oh, take the mosquito over the mankini. Oh. <laughs> oh. David, for pushing us over our pun limit, you get question number nine first. Oh, great. I should keep a mouth shut. What's the worst pet gifted in any horror movie? Oh, God. Definitely Mogwai. Interesting. Interesting answer. Uh, Badger, what about you? What's, what's the worst pet that was gifted in a horror movie? Oh God! I was gonna say Mogwai. Um, how about the reanimated Frankenweenie? Weenie? All right, interesting, interesting. Uh, Jerry, what about you? What, what's the worst pet gifted in a horror movie? Uh, I'm gonna say I have no clue. No clue. Oh. I, I I have no clue. I'm I'm going for a guess. Um, werewolf puppies. Oh God! What was that? Um, hang on a second. Come yeah, back to me, please. Come okay. back to me. All right, we'll, we'll give you a pass. You've been good with that, Jim. 
What about you? What What is the worst pet gifted in a horror movie? Bats. Bats. What What movie did they give bats in? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> At least you're having something. You're getting half a point with that one. Jerry, anything coming up yet? Worse, uh, well, the cat from church from Pet Cemetery was a pretty bad gift. You know what? I, yeah. I, I, I will, I will get you up to a full point on that one because that, that you know, the neighbor thought he was doing good, but wasn't. But, but no, actually, you know, uh, Badger gets a point and a half, and David gets two full points because yes, Gizmo was the worst freaking gift ever. I mean, absolutely the worst. He actually even stole them, and then the owner came back and took them. Here, wonderful Christmas. Get attached to this wonderful thing. You have saved. Well, you didn't save the town. Everyone freaking died in the town, <laughs> and, and you, you get the horrible story by the girlfriend. So we have to deal with all this, and the guy comes back and takes the Mogwai back. Worst gift ever. You could not possibly get any worse. All right, we're we're getting into home stretch, Badger. Question number 10 is uh, for you. This is another good question. One of my favorites tonight. A pet store has free pet sign on Halloween. What pet are they giving away? Ooh. <laughs> I like Jim's answer of bats. Bats? Okay. Like little baby vampire bats and in little cages with the little place where they can hang upside down and and all that. Badgers just give away a full set. Badger would not be able to run a pet store. You give the pet away, but you sell the habitat for a lot more. Exactly. Well, okay. Accessories not included. Yeah, exactly. Jerry, what about you? You know, it's Halloween day and the pet store is free pet. What, what are they giving away? Uh, Chia pet. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some wonderful Chia pets out there. The, the best is, is the Bob Ross Chia pet. Who doesn't yes. want that for free? <laughs> Uh, so Frankenstein, I don't know if we'll go with that. Uh, Frankenstein chia pet. <laughs> uh, just what to grow the grow the seeds out of the bolts of its neck? I, I don't know. My sister actually got it. Grows out of the bolts. <laughs> yeah. Grows out of the bolts and looks like, like looks like electricity. Yeah, it's got an afro. <laughs> my, going, my sister got a Mr. Chia pet for Christmas one year. It looked pretty damn interesting. <laughs> it never grows like it does in the thing. No, Billy doesn't. No. Jim, what about you? The, the pet store has free pet sign out there on Halloween. What pet are they giving away? Tarantulas. Tarantulas. All Ooh. right. This, this is interesting. It's, it's an actual pet you would actually get at the pet store. And scary. And I'm, I'm arachnophobic. So we'll give you a point on that one. David, what about you? <laughs> you see the sign, free pet. It's Halloween. What are they giving away? Pet rock candy. Wow, that's that's <laughs> impressive. That's that's that, I, I, that's really good with the Halloween pool on that one. I, you know, I was going for full horror. My thought were baby Cthulhu's because you don't want those things sitting around. <laughs> uh, also, fantastically featured in the beginning of Rick and Morty. You know, oh yeah, they're running with a baby Cthulhu, and just the idea of a baby Cthulhu is, oh, is fantastic. Uh, no, that thing's going to grow into you. You're you like, know, oh god, somebody ma- exactly. Somebody makes the wrong order. Oh, oh, Billy, Billy ordered Cthulhu's again. We got to give these suckers. <laughs> way free so that's not too bad <laughs> but uh, no that, that 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 good answers good answers all around I, i've seen the tarantulas which are disturbing but uh so not too bad we're we're still pretty close here david's pulled out the lead a little bit with jerry close behind and <clears throat> jim and badger still got some hope jim jim's fading though jim is fading 
Um, so who oh, did I geez. have? I think I had Badger go first last time. But was Baby Cthulhu the correct answer? Baby Cthulhu is the correct okay. answer. Baby yeah. Cthulhu. Um, Jerry, what's the worst possible horror movie creature you could have as a pet? Did we do this one already? Uh, similar, but this would be like you know what uh, something a horror movie. We we had the ones <laughs> the toughest to clean up after. We we okay. had you know what the pet stores um, are. This this one would be just the worst one you could have, and it it's an actual horror movie creature. Well, it's an actual horror movie creature. Yeah, we're going in that venue. You know, the worms movie. in Tremors. Those, those are pretty bad. Mm. I, I'm giving a point for those. Those those are pretty bad. David, what about you? What do you think is the worst possible horror movie creature as a pet? Oh, that that thing from Slither. Oh, ooh, ooh. yeah, oh, yeah, wor- yeah, worms. Yeah, and turns you into yeah. a thing. We'll mm-hmm. give you a point on that one. That's pretty good. Uh, Badger, what about you? What's the worst possible horror movie creature you could have as a pet? I'm thinking the Siberian Husky from The Thing. No, no, it's, before it's and after it did. <laughs> it did ruin the kettle. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll give you that. That's not too bad. Jim, can you pull ahead? Do you know what is the worst possible horror movie creature you could have a, as a pet? The blob. The blo- blob's Ooh, pretty bad. The blob. Blob's nice. pretty bad. We'll give you a little bonus on that one. Blob's a, a good one, a forgotten one, and, and you know the the terror of Pittsburgh. But no, the, wor- <laughs> yeah, the, the worst possible horror movie creature you could have as a pet, of course, are critters. You, you just wouldn't oh. want critters. Oh, worst worst ones. It's terrible to care for. <laughs> Awful. So we're in the home stretch. Last two questions here. So question number twelve, Jim, you're going to get this one first and you know this this is a creative question the, the hosts who know me can probably figure out what they think my answer is but mm-hmm. i'm giving bonus points for creativity on this one and because i see such lame answers to this in the real world jim what's the best name for a black cat <laughs> nicodemus the podcasting cat we'll give we'll give you some points we'll give you some points for nicodemus the podcasting cat uh, Jerry, what about you? What's what's the best name for a black cat? Mikey. What was that? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you had some <laughs> caught in your throat or you broke up. Um, best name for a cat. Um, oh God, Abigail. Abigail the cat. Uh, interesting. Well, th- yeah, hold on. Uh huh. Think about King Diamond's Abigail, one of the best horror horror, horror um, uh, stories around. Abigail was also a, the cat's name in. Oh God! <clears throat> trying, it was a it's a horror film from the seventies. Um, Rosemary's Baby. Okay. <clears throat> All right for for defending that answer like the lawyer cat. I'm giving you a full point on that one. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a cat. Uh, judge, uh, I'm not a cat. It's a filter. Uh, David, what about you? What's what's the best black cat name? Whitey. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, give a point on that one. It's more creative than some I've seen. Badger, what about you? What do you say is the best name for a black cat? Fluffy Destroyer of Worlds and Furniture. we'll give you a we'll give you a partial credit on that one because again one of my things when you name any pet you have to be careful and this this is also why david if you ever do get a 
another cat, a black cat, don't name it Whitey, <laughs> you have to consider that you will be yelling that name through your neighborhood at 2 a.m. at some point in the animal's life. So again, I don't know if you want to be wandering through Queens at two in the morning screaming Whitey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you little might, shit. Get back might here. be a might be a normal weekend knowing New York City, but again, you know, it's, it's not that. But that's that's why that that fluffy destroyer of worlds and stuff just too much, too much to be yelling. Of course, the correct answer is you know Nicodemus, the podcasting cat. You know, a because that <laughs> is my cat's name, and b I'm such a fan of Seeker and Nim. Uh, but yes, uh, yeah. no, be responsible when naming your black cats. Shadow, uh, you know ember charcoal any of those are good don't be like the shelter originally which tried to name my cat sweet pea i'm like you guys don't understand <laughs> this is this is why your black cats don't get adopted you don't <clears> name <throat> a black cat sweet pea you know name the nice little gray and white one over there or the calico cat that's great for that you got a black cat you need something strong possibly biblical and you know creepy nicking <laughs> that's great i do have a black cat named shadow yeah, see, again, Shadow's a good name. That's a good name for a black cat. It's creative. It goes well. And and that's the best thing. Horror fans, our listeners, haunters in general, they have great names for black cats. And, you know, when 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 adopting, <clears throat> consider black cats. They're wonderful. And if you're Scottish, they uh, are a uh, sign of fortune to come. So not always bad luck. All right. We have made it to the 13th question. The final question and, you know, it wouldn't be the big scary show if we didn't pander to our special guests. So, David, we're going to give you question number 13. You get the first answer. Okay. And we're pandering it right to you. What type of pet would Art the Clown have? A rat. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, you're getting bonus points no matter what, because one of the <laughs> one of the correct answers for this is whatever you would say, because you're <laughs> absolute authority on that. Uh, Jim, what about you? What do you think would be you know, the pet art, the clown would have. Oh, um, a rabid Wolverine. Uh, it seems a little noisy for him. We'll, we'll, we'll give you some points on that one. It's not going to get you any higher than fourth place tonight, but you know, that, that'll help. Not too bad. <laughs> rabid Wolverine. We can go with that. So let's go with the rabid badger badger. What, what kind of uh, <laughs> pet would art, the clown have? Uh, I would say in the war, uh, paying homage to the late, great Bad News Brown, former WWF superstar, the New York City mutant sewer rat, a.k.a., as he would hold up in his promos, a possum. <laughs> if you remember those old promos from the 80s. We'll, we'll give you a point with the possum. Uh, hopefully we don't get sued. I don't know if we're allowed to say WWF anymore without, you know, showing a panda with a uh, folding oh, with yeah. a steel chair, yeah. Uh so, you know, we'll, we'll give you Save the whales. There you go. We Jerry, Jerry let's, let's see if you could pull out a win and and come up with the perfect ultimate super answer. What type of pet would Art the Clown have? Okay, color me stupid. Who is Art the Clown? Oh. Wow. <laughs> That's your last bonus points. Take away all. How, how to tell when the hosts have not done their research. I did that on purpose. Okay. <laughs> Thank Get God. Get out of here. Wow. Thank God. Gone, Haven. <laughs> um, 
be gone. Say, like, worst part is we all fell for it too. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, well, there are many names for them. Uh, we call them uh, out here. It's called the dumpster monkeys, the trash, the trash rats, <laughs> um, a nice fluffy raccoon, trash, trash panda. panda. Trash we actually, we actually, oh, that's that's it's funny because like in my hometown, they named their hockey team. They had a poll what they're going to name the hockey team, and they called them the Trash Pandas, the Huntsville Trash Pandas. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. Again, it's uh, it, it's bobblehead night for the Trash Pandas. At, yeah, it, it just works. <laughs> just the, works. The, the mere fact that Huntsville, Alabama, has a professional hockey team, I know. even if it's that's minor impressive league, it's just, too. I know. Yeah, <laughs> it just makes Hartford look so much worse. The fact that they lost a hockey team once. Oh, it's not as bad as the Montgomery Biscuits, though. Mm-hmm. As a baseball team. Connecticut has a baseball team, the Yard Goats. Yeah, well, yard at least, goats. You know, yeah, I thought it, minor it, league had bad names. Yeah, bad no, names. You, you, when you've got when you've got a table tennis, you know, one of them uh, air, you know, air hockey teams called the uh, the the floating air biscuits. No, that <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love oh. that. So we, oh, we've drawn a conclusion to the punniest uh, game show in podcasting. Now, the correct answer, of course, is whatever David would say, uh, being the authority <laughs> on Art the Clown. Uh, Jerry Jerry does get points, too, for absolute silliness there. And having a <laughs> didn't know that our guest you all lost there. your shit. <laughs> <laughs> Again, just to show how, how this show normally goes. But in my mind, if, if Art the Clown had a uh, pet, I would think it'd be a naked mole rat. I, I just mm. see him walking around with one. I'm not exactly sure why, but just to me would fit him. So that would be the other answer I would. Kind of like Ron Stoppable. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah, just, you know, less friendly. You, you yeah. know, that thing would be evil. Not as evil. Oh, yeah. Precious the Poodle. Again, everyone, that that dog has seen some shit. So oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, tonight, we're, we're going to take a look at the scores. Oh, my goodness. We did have somebody pull pull out of uh uh places here geez how my math right here yeah well, it's a spreadsheet so we'll go with that um <laughs> interesting okay so in fourth place is jim jim you know not too bad a good showing but you know the the horror pets little was tough jim one, was jim the defending champion from the last uh no jerry oh uh yes, Jim was a defending champion. He somehow he got twenty three points last time. I, I don't know what wow. that. Is. I don't think I was in the last one. Yeah, uh, you you were you were the last oh, okay. one was the uh, Cthulhu one. Ah, uh, gotcha. Mm. So you did pretty good on that one, but uh, but um, <clears throat> not good enough though, Jim. Uh, Jerry, you you came in third with eleven and a half points. So not too bad though. Not too bad. He's usually uh, the winner. Know, I know. It usually pulls it out. Uh. So, drumroll, in second place with 12 points is Badger. So, that means David won Woo! tonight with 15 and a half points. Yep. Congratulations. Sh- showing uh, that you. even with that last pandering question, he would have even topped uh, Badger by half a point. So, again, you know, with, with pandering to the guests, we didn't completely rig the show, but... You know, <laughs> I regret inviting him already. I, oh, I have to say, uh, I thought that the possum comment was actually kind of apropos it, it was pretty good that's yeah, yeah, sewer that rat. yeah that's that's do funny the, do you remember the time he had the the box and he held the the, the mutant sewer rat and he and he held the <laughs> well it contained mutant sewer rats quote unquote and he took a steak and he stuck it down in the box and he's like oh yeah they're real hungry and he pulled out like 
a, a, like a tenth of the steak. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that was, yeah. Oh, Back yeah. when the writers were good in uh, wrestling. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, Possums are just... Uh, yeah, yeah. They so eat that, a lot of ticks. So they're... We have they, them they're in. good animals. And, and they're, yeah. they, they're resistant. They're, they're, like, fascinating. They're resistant to rabies. Yeah. And there's always some five-year-old girl who can, like, make friends with them. And it's, it's like, the same five-year-old girl who, like, make friends with crows and stuff. And you're like... Oh yeah, no, exactly. This this girl's going to grow up and like you know conjure spirits or something. Don't piss yeah. her off hook on her, prom. Hook her up with a Sisters of Mercy CD right now. <laughs> Start training her well. Exactly. She's going to change her name to Raven and dye her hair black. And there you go. Lots of yeah. fishnets. Of course. <laughs> well, we've mm. completed another thirteen questions of doom. The the howling and horror pets are in the books. Badger, I'm going to push it back over to you. Uh, thank you very much, Storm. We'd like to thank our very special guest, Mr. David Howard Thornton. Don't go away yet because we have questions for you. We'd also like to thank Meat Hook Jim, Jerry Vane, myself, Drew Badger, and of course, Storm for putting together this very, very fun and entertaining 13 Questions of Doom. I fully expect to get hate mail, especially about the uh, <laughs> Texas Chupacabra question. <laughs> <laughs> And, and as we wind this down, David, we'd like to uh, ask you a couple of questions. You know, we asked you about uh, Terrifier 2. What other projects do you have going on? Do you have any appearances coming up? I know the conventions are slowly starting to open up around the right. corner. This is the part of the show we normally call the plugs. So if you have some, some appearances or some things in the works or some websites and social medias where people can get more information about yourself, how can they get cool. that information? Well, uh, convention-wise, a lot of the ones I was going to be doing this spring have been pushed back to the fall. So, like, you know, like New Jersey Horror Con, Texas Frightmare and all that are going to be this fall instead. So um, I, I don't really have any announcements that are going to be coming up in the next few months that I know of, per se. There's a possibility I might do Days of the Dead in Chicago in April, but we're, we're waiting to see how the COVID numbers are and stuff like that. Because we still want to play it safe because I haven't been able to get my vaccination yet because I'm probably one of the last categories here in New York that can get them. So, but you know, once I get my vaccination, I am going to go hit the road. <laughs> I'm going to be fun and fancy free. But uh, other than that, um, I have been in the middle of filming another horror film with a lot of the team from Terrifier 2 uh, headlined by the uh, Fuzz on the Lens crew. It's going to be their uh, hopefully it's going to be a new horror franchise for them. It's called Stream. I play one of the killers in it, and I play player two. And we have a lot of uh, big-name horror actors in it. A lot of them I can't name, unfortunately, because they, they're trying to keep a lot of that under wraps right now. But um, IMDb has released some of them, so I, I know Jeffrey Combs is one of the big names that's in it. So that's it's really exciting being able to work with him and a lot of these other actors as well so it's you guys are in for a treat with that one but um i also have another film coming out later on this year uh, that was filmed exclusively over zoom during the pandemic called the dark offerings i have a small role in that and of course there's terrifier 2 which we're hoping to get out this fall or uh late summer or something like that so yeah got a lot of that going on um you can find me on instagram and facebook under david howard thornton as well and also on cameo so somebody could call you up and say, hey, can you do a birthday greeting or some kind of a, yes. a well wish to a friend of mine? Yes, exactly. I, I, I did a few of those today, actually. So, Oh, fun. Yeah. 
Well, David Howard Thornton, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you here participating in 13 Questions of Doom. We look forward to stream. We look forward to Terrifier 2 and any convention appearances. Please, of course, let us know when you are making an appearance so we can put that on deadline or big scary news. And once again, I want to thank Storm for being the hostess with the mostest, so to speak, for the 13 Questions of Doom and our contestants, Meat Hook Jim, Jerry Main, and myself, Drew Badger. This is the Roundtable of Terror here on The Big Scary Show. Looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. Broadcasting to you from the darkest reaches of the earth. This is a Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, I gotta say, it's a really slow news week. You know, trying to find anything in the news or, you know, Google searches or anything for Halloween. You're just getting the movie, which still hasn't come out, and whenever that happens. And, you know stories are weeks old you try haunts and it's just people being haunted by something it has nothing to do with supernatural or anything that gets you know haunted attractions going you look for weird nothing so it's been a really dry boring week and so you know for inspiration i had to go to the the, the, the thing that i've been dealing with all week and that's a puppy yay i got a puppy how can a puppy be haunt inspiration oh i don't know open a can of dog food oh dear god yeah i haven't you know haven't had a dog in forever, hadn't had a puppy in forever, and whoever is designing and making dog food in a can, um, we we need to get them on some of the payrolls, because you could not come up with a formula that smells worse. I mean, just turns your stomach, and and dogs love it for some reason, you know, you know, ugh, it's, it's, ah, and it even, it's got the mushy sound and everything, it's like haunting in a can. You know, brown chunks of stuff. There's a gravy, and you gotta refrigerate it, and that will gelatinize, and you gotta stir it up, and it makes a squishy, disgusting noise, and it smells, and it only gets worse, you know, when it comes out of the dog. That's the only time that it could possibly smell a little bit worse. But I mean, seriously, we gotta find out the formula for, for what they're doing and start putting that in like fog machines or, you know, saturating the wood we build our haunts with it because I, it, it is scary. It is absolutely scary how smelly and disgusting dog food, especially puppy food, is. 
So until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. And in the meantime, share your opinions on the Big Scary Show Facebook page and on Twitter at Big Scary Store. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. It's his night to howl. Dracula's dog, the meanest vampire of them all, has a four-legged friend and he's out for blood. Crown International Pictures presents Dracula's Dog. Whoops, there he goes again. There's more to the legend than meets the throat in Dracula's Dog. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. Once again, dear listeners, welcome to you yet another long-delayed, in fact, edition of the Weister's Haunted Vista. Here we are, tail end of February 2021. Is everyone doing okay? It has definitely been a wild ride. 2020 was not something to be taken lightly, to be quite frankly, and that will focus in on what I'm about to talk about today. But for now, hope everyone is healthy and happy as the pandemic vaccine slowly but surely eases its way out there. I'm hoping you're being safe, still being careful, and with us for many years to come. Now, with that in mind... Don't be a baby. I know what I'm doing. It's been a while since I've been on Big Scary. Last time around, at the top of January, I remember reviewing Wonder Woman 1984 for you. Well, here we are, tail end of February, and once again, it's a yet another review, and we're going to dive deep into the world of Stephen King this time around. Guess who's coming to dinner? 
CBS on their all-access cable site basically redid Stephen King's The Stand. This is the second attempt at it. Most of us remember the 1994 ABC miniseries, which was in four parts. This one was in nine. Now, as it stands, pardon the pun, this is one of my big three when it comes to Stephen King. Not everything this man has put out I've enjoyed, but in terms of my top three, The Stand, along with Salem's Lot, and Bag of Bones strike me as the big ones. I'm very fond of some of his short story anthologies, like Night Shift and Skeleton Crew, but some of the other stuff that people rant and rave about, I don't care for, and I know I'm not going to go through the whole list. It's too big to get into. But suffice it to say, I will say, I never cared for it, but that's a color of another horse. Guards castrate him. Well, in regards to the stand, the original novel is truly one of King's masterworks. Deep, rich, character-driven, with tons of themes of sexual repression, good versus evil, the collapse of society, etc., etc. This is thing is a treat from page one, and he never falters throughout the entire book. The problem with this book, it is so deep and rich, it's hard to turn it into a television series, something both the 2020 and the 1994 series had issues with, but I'm going to hack and slay as I go along here. Right out of the gate, I cannot recommend the 2020 series. It has a lot of flaws, and I'm going to start picking these apart. To be truthful, the 1994 version does a far better job of televising King's novel, but that's besides the point. I think the biggest issue I have with the 2020 miniseries is it took nine episodes to do what four episodes did far more effectively in 1994. Plus the fact there is a lot of padding in the 2020 miniseries, and they take a lot of liberties with the original story. Granted, you don't want to replay the 1994 miniseries, but when you start doing all kinds of twists and turns that make absolutely no sense to the actual novel, it does get on your nerves. For example, the 1994 series basically played the characters as they are written in the novel. With the 2020 series, they take a lot of liberties with the characters, switching genders, nationalities, races, etc., etc., to no other idea than just to do something different. Also, several of the central characters are giving huge personality shifts that deviate so much from their original principle in the novel, it just doesn't make any bit of sense. I think my biggest offense would be the character of Harold Lauder in the novel, who was a pimply, sex-starved teenager in the 2020 remake, they basically make him an inch or two away from a pervert, peeping Tom, almost pedophilic in his tendencies. And he's a very disgusting character, and that wasn't the point in the original book. The same thing goes for the dark man, Harold Randall Flagg's concubine, Nadine Cross, who is painted as very sympathetic in the book, and they just make her downright nasty in this interpretation, something they didn't do in the 94 version as well. Now, you can argue artistic license with me all the live long day, but totally inverting a character and changing the points that I mentioned just for the sake of doing so it doesn't make any sense. A good case in point would be the character of the Ratman, a minor league player in the book, but still who had quite the dramatic effect in his original incarnation. 
turning the rat man into a woman who turns out to be the artistic director for the dark man's capital and eh, no sorry you just basically destroyed the character right there it's not to say that the 2020 version does not have its moments. The special effects and the visuals are suitably gruesome, and you truly get to see what Captain Drips does to a human body in its final extremes. And it's not a sight for the weak-stomached. And I must say, the casting of Whoopi Goldberg as Mother Abigail was inspired. She does a wonderful interpretation of the role. There are some remarkable visuals, and guest appearances by J.K. Simmons are a treat to behold. He's in the first episode. On the flip side, the interpretation of the Dark Man in the 2020 series is just absolutely flat. This guy, I don't know. He just did not inspire me one, but Alexander Skarsgård... I'm sorry, bring back Jamie Sheridan. He handled it much better with much more rock and roll aplomb than Skazgard did. I mean, seriously, this is Randall Flagg, the central heavy, one of Stephen King's biggest heavies of the piece, and Skazgard just basically speaks in real hushed tones. This quiet menace just never really hits you the way it's supposed to. He has a couple of good moments, but overall, he's flat. Jamie Sheridan imbued the character with such rock and roll panache and such vile villainy. A little bit of the mustache twirling, but still, he was much more lively than this one. Sorry, you lose there. I have one bone to pick in particular with this series, and it's more a question of taste. I thought it was really a poor move on CBS's part to release this miniseries now. Granted, it's obvious a lot of time, effort, and money went into it. But really, in the middle of the COVID crisis, I really thought there was a case of bad timing. They could have sat on this for at least another year or two, and I don't think it would have done any harm. Granted, as I stated many times now, I don't think it's very good, but still, a question of ethics and good taste should have come into play here, and... Like I said, not too hot. And again, I have to reiterate, this reinterpretation of classic characters just for the sake of doing it just really crawls on my nerves because it just kills the mood and atmosphere of the story. Doctor Who, the long-running series from England, has run into this, especially in the last couple of years with the interpretation of the Doctor as a female for the first time. Jodie Whittaker, she's okay, she's not my first choice, but I think she's out of her depth. Not to mention, Chris Chibnall is totally upending the show's mythology and long history with a really strange idea. Go look at it yourself, I'm not going to reiterate it here, but it really set the fan base off, and it applies here to the stand as well, at least the 2020 version. Ian Gillen with his brief stay in Black Sabbath in 1983-1984, gave a radio interview where he said, you can't just change things for the sake of changing. In other words, he was referring to Black Sabbath's classic catalog, but it applies here as well. It's not what the fans want to hear or see, and even if you think you're doing a good job, you're probably not. In other words, stick to what works. Another thing that I have a problem with the 2020 version is just basically the overall pessimistic attitude of this interpretation. 94 series had a much more optimistic viewpoint as something that doesn't translate in the 2020 series. Also worthy of note is the ninth episode is a sort of epilogue to the entire affair, which is basically dreamed up by the writers and directors of this version of the show. And... 
make of it what you will it really doesn't add or detract anything from it but i found it just a little bit unnecessary but i'll let the viewer decide for themselves as it stands cbs's 2020 version of the stand pardon the pun is okay at best i really didn't enjoy it even though the visuals are pretty good the photography is brilliant and the special effects are head above heels over what the 94 version is it lacks the heart and soul of that said version overall i'm going to give the 2020 version of this uh out of five hidden bodies i'll give it one and a half there are some good moments but you really have to do some digging Readers and lovers of King's original book, be prepared for some culture shock. This is not what you're expecting. I suppose I should be a little more generous with my review, considering the scope and depth of the original novel. But if you're going to do it, do it right. It's something that a lot of Stephen King's books have always had an issue with in their interpretation to the films or television. Everybody's got to put their own two cents in and just can't stick to the source material take Salem's Lot which has been done twice and while the 1979 television series is held in much high regard especially with its interpretation of the central vampire character the 2004 series is not and they took a lot of liberties with that one as well it's rare that King's books come out good in any kind of media, visual media but I think that's been his curse all throughout his career what works on the printed page doesn't always translate all that hot onto the silver screen. And that about wraps that one up. Next time on the Vista, it depends really when I pop up again. Bottom line, as I said in my last episode, I have changed jobs and it's much more physically demanding and much more demanding of my time. So being able to pop these things out twice a month is just absolutely not feasible, but I will try and keep them at least once a month, either at the top or the end of said time period. Next time around, I'm not sure what's going on, but in the future, you can look forward to I'm definitely going to be attacking Godzilla vs. Kong when it's released on March 31st. i also take a look at some of the new Marvel miniseries that are popping up on the Disney Plus channel. Trust me, WandaVision starts off slow, but it's definitely worth the wait. And a few new horror films and some interpretations and thoughts on Home Haunting. My wife and I are planning some major overhauls to ours, and it has opened a lot of windows into my thoughts on the process. Comments, critiques, suggestions, drop me a line at erviser at woh.rr.com. I no longer am on Facebook. For those of you who are friends with me on said media outlet, remove yourself from my friends list immediately i've been hacked by somebody in vietnam or indonesia and they are fiddle faddling with my friends list and i have no way to stop it and facebook won't help me you have been warned but aside from that i will be establishing an instagram account sometime during the course of this year i'm not sure when but i've kind of lost a lot of my love for social media so take your clues from there but aside from that until next time Always remember Svengulli's Cradle and brush your fangs, comb your face, drink your milk before it clots, bite mama goodnight, and everyone out there stay safe, stay healthy, and always remember that I hid the body in these late winter snowdrifts, which seems to be melting, which means I got an even bigger issue right now, don't I? Down now! See everyone again in March. Be safe and healthy until then.
Virgil Franklin. They taste funny on the Big Scary Show. into old props just want to show something no one else has do what alice cooper distortions unlimited and a-list haunters all over the world do wear von Karen. durable handcrafted dependable year after year von Karen. when you scare enough to wear the very best von Karen.com. v-o-n-c-h-a-r-o-n.com as we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screenwine Studios, Dark Imaginings, Fright Finder, Haunt Pay, Creepy Collection, and Von Caron Productions. We would also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse, as well as the Forga hosts, including Storm, Ransom Moore, HauntMinute.com Badger Actor, Trainer, and Consultant RabbitBadger.org Meat Hook Jim 
Check out his other podcast at WrestleHorror.com. And Jerry Vane, the Honstrumentalist. JerryVane.com. And finally, you. Without you, the listener, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.